Hello, guys, and welcome to the Cashflow Queens podcast. Today, we have on Veronica. She's a really amazing mortgage agent, and she also talks about her own real estate investing journey. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, guys, and welcome to the Cashflow Queens podcast. Today, we have on Veronica. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Amazing. So we're going to kind of dive into mortgages today. I love having mortgage agents on because I have so many questions. So again, thank you for coming. And I, I just kind of want an overview of your story because I guess you do own real estate as well, right? Yeah, I do. I own a, a home. Okay. So we started, we bought our house in 2019. And what had happened is um, I had a, a family member pass away. I got a piece of an inheritance in this home. Um, and where the majority of the family wanted to sell, I really wanted to keep it, keep it in the family. Um, so that was important to me. So it was quite the process of having to buy out three other people of this like million dollar home, but I was able to get there. Wow. And then, um, she just told me off camera now I want (laughs) to specify that you didn't know it was a duplex, but you found out it was a duplex. Yeah, absolutely. So when we did the appraisal, they were like, it's actually a legal duplex. And the the original plan was we're going to rent it out, you know, Mm. whether it's like kind of legal or not, we'll try to make it a, a legal duplex. Um, so really fortunate there. We were able to get tenants in. Um, sorry, I just like lost my train. Yeah, <laughs> story my life. Um, but, but yeah, really yeah. fortunate. And then, you know, hopefully we can grow from there because we have the income coming in from the investment. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then where are you located? So we're located in like Parkdale, Ronsonville's downtown Toronto. Wow. Okay. So you're like the first investor that I've had on that's really in downtown Toronto. Um, How do you like being a landlord out there? I know a lot of people want to start in like the Niagara area um, because it's cheaper, but there are pros and cons to being, I guess, a landlord in Toronto. How is it for you? Yeah, we really lucked out with our tenants because I know like there's tons of nightmare stories, but I think it's a bit of a give and take. Like I think we're very good landlords and, you know, whenever anything's going on with the unit, we're like on it right away. Mm. Um, but yeah, there was a bit of scare when COVID happened, especially yeah. with, um, you know, people not being able to afford mm-hmm. to, to pay their rent. Again, like really lucked out there. And, you know, our tenants want to work with us and we wanted to work with them. Mm. So we were able to kind of come to agreement and, and work through that. Nice. Okay. And have you always had the same tenants or? Yeah. So we've okay. had them since about um, the end of 2019 because oh, we bought wow. in April. Okay. Wow. And so they've stayed there the whole time. Yeah. And okay. we, they're still there. Okay. That's yeah. kind of like a pro to me about Toronto is like the vacancy rates, like people, like, I feel like the demand is so high for rentals in Toronto. Yeah. So I don't know if you feel the same way, but. No. Yeah, I, I do. Like it is kind of like, it is scary as a landlord. Yeah. Like, you never know when they're <laughs> going to pick up and leave and, and find something better or, but I, I think we, you know, we're really fair with rent and like how we, how we treat them as well. Amazing. Yeah. It's it, completely different from being a slumlord to a landlord. It makes a yeah. big difference for yeah. sure. Um, in terms of tenants, you said you lucked out. Did you like um, have a proper screening for them and everything? Or um, So I did it and I did it through, um, like, not Kijiji, but like kind of went through the internet. And yeah. like, you know, I think I have an okay read on people. Mm. Um, and so I was doing all the showings and, and, you know, they just really wanted to live there too. Okay. And, yeah, I was fortunate. Okay. Did you like pull their credit, do like a rental application, all the I stuff? did, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I pulled credit. Okay. And yeah. it's good that you met them before. A lot of people don't meet them before, and I think it's important to meet them. Oh, yeah. I think so, too. Like, you never know. And like, you know, someone can look great on paper, mm-hmm. and that's not necessarily how it turns out for you. Totally. Exactly. This happened to me the other day where someone forged their papers, so just be careful. Yeah. And um, it is easy to to do to forge things yeah yeah for sure especially now chat gpt no i don't know yeah. <laughs> i have no idea um all right and then i guess segueing into your mortgage side like when did you become a mortgage agent 
Okay. So I became a mortgage agent in 2021 in the fall. And it was something that I'd kind of thought of when we went through the process of buy- buying the house. And mm-hmm. honestly, it was because I just loved the the mortgage agent we ended up with. Mm. Um, so we had gone to the bank to try to get a mortgage. And it was a bank I've been going to for like, you know, all my life. Mm-hmm. And they were essentially like, no, right away. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of like, it was embarrassing. I didn't like the way they did it. I didn't like the customer service of it all. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, um, you know, just like a bad moment in my life. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of emotion going into buying this house as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that added to it as well. Um, but then um, someone had introduced me to a mortgage agent. I didn't even know this was a job. I like had no oh, clue wow. about this industry at all. And, you know, she turned it around and she made it happen. Now, like, it wasn't traditional. We did go private and have to pay, like, it was just an interest mortgage only. Mm. Like, you're only paying off the interest. You're not even going into principal. Mm -hmm. So that was, like, not the funnest thing. Mm. But it got us a house. You know, we did that for about 12, 14 months. Mm. And then when we did the next appraisal, you know, the house had valued, uh, appreciated 20%. Oh, wow. So do I regret, like, Going into a private mortgage? Absolutely not. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's a scary term. P- people hear it and they kind of like shy away or it sounds kind of sketchy or shady, mm-hmm. but it serves a purpose. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we were able to get into like an institutional mortgage because we had that mortgage and we had been able to appreciate the house. And now the loan to value is different and it's just everything kind of lined up really well by buying that house and and by meeting that mortgage agent. Mm-hmm. So, you know, essentially I was like, I want to do this for people. Mm, I like it. Because I was coming from the service industry as well, like as a server. And, you know, everyone I worked with was like, I can't buy a house. They still, you know, these friends will still like, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's not easy, mm-hmm. but there there are solutions. Mm-hmm. You just have to know how to find these solutions. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I was a server before too. <laughs> I feel like so many of us come from like a yeah, service industry. Yeah. So it's funny. And, but it's funny because servers make so much money, but I guess they don't make it on paper. Yeah, they really do. Like, yeah. You know, I, I went the route of like trying to claim my tips mm-hmm. at that point. Once I knew I was kind of in this path, mm-hmm. there's ways around that, you know, you'd look with, go with different lenders, but mm-hmm. you know, they, they do make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So there is so much potential there. And I'm, I'm surprised that you don't find more servers in the market. It's just they don't know how to – they don't know how to do it like because the bank paper. will say no. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And this is kind of like – so what would you recommend for self-employed people? Well, I guess server, but like, you know, someone making like money out of the table. Like I, like I like what you just said there. Like the private mortgage is kind of like an exit strategy. It's not like to stay in it forever. Yeah, it's very short term. You don't want to stay in a in a private mortgage. Mm-hmm. Like in the – and private mortgages, they don't really want you to stay. Yeah. They want to be there for like six months, a year, maybe 18 months, but they kind of want to keep it move their portfolio moving as well. Mm-hmm. Um for service, you know, like there's different things they can do. I would recommend like always depositing cash. Mm. You can go the route of claiming, which is what I did. Mm-hmm. And that kind of got me into a lending because I had on paper, like you could see this, this number amount. Mm. You know, you could also do it where alternative lending, they'll look at it and see the deposits. They don't necessarily need you to be claiming this on your taxes. Okay. But now that they see it, you know, they'll be like, I see the money. It's evident that there's money. Mm. Well, we can we can help you fund a mortgage. Okay, wow. So like, yeah, so for self-employed or servers, like you would basically need everything on paper, I guess. You want a way to prove 
your income. Okay. And can it be sure. through bank statements too? Or Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's what I mean. Okay. Like the, the depo- so you're depositing, they'll say like, oh, like you're depositing $1,000 every week. Mm-hmm. You know, and they can, they'll, they'll calculate that, see that like, yes, you can afford payments on a home. Mm-hmm. There are fees that come with like alternative lending and private lending as well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for at least in my story, it was worth it. Like that, yeah. you know, 1% fee. Got me my house. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then how did you, so I know that it appreciated for more, but how did you, how do you move out of private to like an A or B lender? What do they look at? Um, okay. So I had to kind of change, like I said, I didn't really have money on paper. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to to apply into, like, I was hoping to get into like A and, you know, I could have gone into B mm-hmm. and like not deposited and kind of done it a different, different way. Yeah. Um, but I did, my goal was a lending. Mm -hmm. Um, so I did it for two years. So I kind of did it once I knew I was going to buy, I think the way it lined up, I was like, okay, I'm going to claim for this year. Then we did the private and then I claimed for a second year. So I had a two year history, Mm. which often is what like banks are looking for. They want a two year history Mm -hmm. of income. So you went with private after a year of, um, showing your statements? No, I went with private like right off the bat when I purchased. Okay. But I'd spoken to the agent kind of before everything closed, the mortgage agent. Mm-hmm. And so she had suggested, like, start start claiming your tips. Mm. This way, like, when we need to make that leap, mm-hmm. she was preparing me to be, like, prepared for two years down the line when it's time to, like, refinance or renegotiate a mortgage. Okay. Okay. Ms. Anne, what are the differences between all those lenders then? Um, so they, they all have different programs and how you fit into their programs. Mm-hmm. All, you know, A lending, they have certain debt ratios Mm -hmm. so they want to see that you're making x amount of income that you're able to pay your debts and then we'll take into account this new mortgage Mm -hmm. and be like that's the payment can you afford that and stay within our our budget within our ratios Mm. and b lending alternative lending has the same stipulations but their percentages are a bit higher Mm -hmm. so there's a little bit more wiggle room a little bit more space Mm -hmm. alternative lending will deal with like bruce credit Whereas, like, you know, it's a bit more difficult on the A side if you're, you know, you have a bad credit score. And life happens. So, mm-hmm. you know, who knows why you have a bad credit score? We'll, we'll look into that and kind of see what we can do to, to help it get it on the right track. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's where alternative lending has, a, has great products. Okay. And with private, do you have to put more down, like, than 20%? Um, you want to put down 20%. Okay. It depends on the product at the time. Like some mm. will only lo- loan up to 75%. Mm. But typically like absolutely like tw- you want to get that 20% okay. down. Okay. Um, and then, oh, actually mortgage insurance. So if you don't put 20% down, I guess you have to pay mortgage insurance. Is that like, uh, is that bad or is that okay? No, I think that's great. And like there is power because you're not putting as much down. Mm-hmm. And you can usually like, because you're putting insurance on the mortgage, there's not as much risk for the lender. Okay. So they're willing kind of to like extend. It's not a huge amount, but there's a bit more money available once you get an insured mortgage. And the rates are usually better for an insured mortgage. Mm. I should say insured mortgages are only available like with a lending. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> How much do you usually have to pay in insurance? Like- um, again, it depends. Mm. Um, but like, you know, you'll pay the premium or the tax. Mm-hmm. And then the actual insurance, that like however it's calculated on the total amount of the mortgage, mm-hmm. that is going to get put into your mortgage, and you're kind of paying it monthly, okay, on a monthly basis. But there is a premium, so it can be like fifteen thousand to kind of like 
Oh, to start? To get that start. No way. I didn't know that. Okay, because I initially thought it was like a lump sum, and then they roll it into your monthly payments. Okay, but there is a lump sum to pay at the beginning? There is a lump sum at the beginning. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I'm always finding out new things. Okay. (laughs) Um, All right. And then how do you you feel about co-signers? Co-signers, I I think co-signers are great, Mm -hmm. and I think we're seeing a lot of that right now. Like, I think it's just... It's what's needed to, mm-hmm. to help people get into this market. Yeah. Um, so essentially you're taking this co-signer's income mm-hmm. and they're adding it onto their onto your application. Mm-hmm. With that, though, you know, you're taking their liabilities as well. So if they have like a huge mortgage, mm-hmm. it might or like a ton of car loan, you know, it might not always help you. Okay. But it's always, always like beneficial if you have someone willing to go sign mm-hmm. to go down the route see what they can do, see how it can, like, really boost up the application. Because mm-hmm. so many people say they can't afford in this day and age, which I, I understand. But with, a, like, a co-signer, I think that's, like, a great added benefit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and there are, like, risks, too, that the co-signer wants to take in mind. Like, mm-hmm. and usually, you know, it's it's a parent or, like, a sibling. But, so but you know, they, they're on that. So when they want – if they want to buy a house in the future mm-hmm. or, you know, they do have to keep in mind that is going to affect their, their debt servicing as well, yeah. which is fine. Yeah. You know, but it, it is something for a co-signer to keep in mind. For sure. However, I'll say on an investment on a rental, mm-hmm. they're more in co-applicants than okay. co-signers. Okay. Like the, especially with like a lending, they want to see that they have like skin in the game. Mm. So it's a very similar process, but it, it's a different term as opposed to just being a co-signer. A it now has a, it's called a co-applicant. Okay. Interesting. And then for rentals, do they use uh, a certain amount of the rents that you get towards your bottom line or something? I don't know how that works. Uh, sorry. What do you mean? So like when you have a rental property, mm-hmm. I guess you can claim some of those, um, some of the proceeds that you're making? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you can use market rent. If there's somebody already living there, mm-hmm. you can pro- use their lease agreement, you know, and that can kind of add to the income. And that's going to help you on your application because that can be anywhere from like $1,800, mm-hmm. depending again where you are, you know, $2,600 added to your application. Mm-hmm. Now, most like lenders, again, they don't, they won't calculate the whole amount. They'll yeah. take a percentage of it. But okay. still, that's that's added income to the the client, which is going to, you know, bring down their ratios. Like, buying power is going to be a lot stronger. Even if they don't own the property yet, mm-hmm. they can still use that income towards their application. Interesting. Okay. And then, but the tenant already has to be living there. It's not just vacant units. No, no okay. if it's vacant, it's fine too. Mm-hmm. When the appraiser go- goes in, they'll be like, this is market rent. And they're doing that from kind of comparables in the neighborhood. Hmm. So if you do that for like a multifamily, like duplex, triplex, fourplex, then mm. that really helps your bottom line. Oh, for sure. Wow. Yeah. Because that's a ton of income. Yeah. Right there. Huh. Yeah. And then once you get to like fiveplex, you are looking more at like commercial lending. Mm-hmm. It's not quite like same as the residential. Okay. And then you're really focusing on the property. Okay. Um, I'm going to get to that in one question, but I want to ask about the purchase plan program or I don't know really what it's called, but. <laughs> uh, purchase, purchase plus. Yes. Yes. Um, pro, um, yeah. It's a great program actually. Yeah. I just don't know how um, it works. <laughs> so again, it's like going to get rolled into your mortgage, okay. these, um, these payments, mm-hmm. but I did kind of write something down in terms of numbers. So mm-hmm. like, and I'm going to use really easy numbers, but like, okay, say sweet. it's like a $500,000 house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you want to put down, let's say it's a rental. Most rentals or like investment properties, when you're going A, they really, and, and alternative as well, you want to have that 20% down. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said 100K is a down payment, which is your 20%. So now the mortgage is at 400,000. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Now, if this this is considered an insurable deal, which means we've amortized it at like 25 years, mm -hmm. okay, as improved stage, let's say they, the appraiser comes in because someone's going to come in with these programs and be like, the house is worth going to be worth 650000 mm -hmm. once we improve the house. Mm -hmm. Now they'll give you 10% of that improved value. Okay. 65,000. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't write this out early, so it's a bit more clear. So it's now your mortgage is 465,000. Okay. So, which, you know, could be like a couple hundred dollars more monthly, mm -hmm. but you've got this huge loan mm -hmm. kind of with a great rate too, mm -hmm. because, you know, if you were going to go to 65,000 on like a, a unsecured loan, mm -hmm. it's not going to be a prime rate. Mm -hmm. um, and then this kind of gets amortized over the 25 years and this gives you the ability, you do have to use it towards renovations, mm -hmm. but this gives you the automatic ability to renovate the roof, the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can put in a basement suite, you know, depending like yeah, totally. where everything kind of ends up. And then, you know, that's all done in like the first couple months. You've just like doubled, not doubled, but like you've increased, appreciated the value of your home like instantly. Mm -hmm. And you haven't, you didn't have to pay that big lump sum. So no, it's just uh, you're paying in. it slowly. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Ooh, I like that. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's great for like investors, especially with like, I love the Burr method. Mm. <laughs> everyone, does. everyone does. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's like a great opportunity for them. You're mm -hmm. like, you've got the funds for your renovation mm -hmm. right away. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I like that. Okay. All right. Um, and then is there a thing now that can you do like up to 40 years amortization? Is that a thing right now? Uh, absolutely. Like certain lenders. Sure. Mm -hmm. That's, that's again, going to be more on the alternative side. Okay. Um, 30, 35, um, we, you know, the 40 will come and go with certain lenders mm. they'll have it out for a while and then they kind of take it back and kind of like change their, their guidelines mm -hmm. for really does that, or their products, you know, they'll have that product for a couple months and they pull back on it. Yeah. Okay. So, and, yes, you could amortize it 40 years, but you're kind of, again, like looking in an alternative space. Okay. And is that good or bad? I know that obviously makes your payments less, but is that kind of crappy? Yeah, I guess like everyone – and like what I've learned is that every application is just so different. So different. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really knowing your client and mm -hmm. like what what are their goals, what do they want, mm -hmm. and do they want that extra – cash to travel or do they want that extra cash to save for their next home and that's like you know the risk they take mm -hmm. you know they can always you can always kind of re refinance and then kind of change the amortization but like you know if that 40-year amortization gets you the home initially mm -hmm. I, I'm like kind of pro for whatever you know totally what you have to do to kind of make your your dream or your end result come true yes i love that yeah just getting your foot in the door your first getting property your foot in the door exactly yeah and that can also help with your your debt ratios mm. because it's going to be a lower monthly payment because it's stretched out 40 years okay so now you know maybe that gives you some more buying power okay and yeah i didn't know so uh in terms of debt you only look at monthly payments you don't look at the total balance like it's we'll look at yeah so we'll look at like oh the property tax is six thousand for the year that mm. kind of gets thrown into the the okay. monthly payments. Yeah, like it looks at it on a monthly basis. Okay, but like if someone has like a student a loan payment. or something, do you look at the full balance or just the monthly payment? The monthly. The oh, really? Monthly I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, I'm learning so much from all these mortgage agents coming on. I love it. <laughs> um, and then refis. So how do those work? So refinancing is really like renegotiating the the terms of the mortgage or 
or even taking out equity at this point. You can, you know, pull equity from the home. Um, possibly when you refinance, you can get like a, a home equity line of credit mm. if you didn't already have one, which is also like a very good product for, for some. Like there are like the interest rates are kind of what they are right now. Yeah. I want to say they're good or bad, but, mm-hmm. you know, so it's not like super low. But um, I just for refis, like I guess I – I understand. It sounds too good to be true. That's why I always have so many questions. I'm like, you bought it four hundred thousand. You mm-hmm. renovated. It's worth six fifty. So now you have one hundred and fifty in equity. Is that yeah, how that works? Yeah. Okay. Equity's gone. Equity's gone up. So now, like, depending on like the bank and what they're willing to to loan on it, like mm-hmm. they'll go back up to eighty mm-hmm. percent. If you you know if that's something you're comfortable with, or maybe putting in that secured line of credit. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty yeah it's honestly it's pretty straightforward okay um, but it is kind of starting the application process again so you're oh. kind of like collecting all your paperwork again making a case for it making sure all like the debts line up as well okay whereas like with a straight renewal mm. you know you're not you're not changing any banks or anything like that you're kind of the same same mortgage you're just continuing on that same cycle and then it will okay. be whatever rate they have at the time so for a refinance do you have to change your bank. Not necessarily, okay. not necessarily, but um, it's a good time to look at your options, I think. Hmm. Okay. And see what other, like, banks have to offer. Okay, okay. And, uh, again, using that example, 400 it's now appraised at 650 I can't take out the whole 150 No. Or 250 I can't do math right now, but yeah, yeah okay, yeah, okay. No, like, it, you know, again, you're going to stipulate, like, maybe you don't qualify to take out even up to 80% again. Okay. But maybe you qualify to take out, like, 50000 for that renovation. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. And then as that's happening, your mortgage is getting paid down, let's say by you or your tenants living in there. This sounds mm. too good to be true to me. That's why I really want to know about <laughs> refi- refis because I'm like, do you owe that money back? Like, I don't know to me. Well, yeah. Like you're okay. putting it back onto like a loan. Mm-hmm. If you take out that. That cash. You're putting it back onto a loan? Yeah. Okay. It, oh, I guess because it's a HELOC or something of that or nature. Like even just like you're not. The money's in the house mm-hmm. and now you're kind of like putting your house. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Yes. And you're able to, like, get that cash. Okay, okay, yes. No, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It's not, like, it's not, like, free money or anything. Yeah. Yeah, like, you're... You're taking it a loan out on the the home against your home against okay. your home yeah okay okay no yeah that makes sense it's yeah okay um, and then I do want to talk about commercial so yeah the difference between commercial and residential what's what are the main differences there I'd say like the main difference so with residential you you the applicant are like what they're looking at mm-hmm. what is your income what's your credit where's the location like you're really like the main feature of it mm-hmm. with a commercial real estate the 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 property is what they're looking at mm, okay so like what is the income of this property mm-hmm. so i guess like in the in terms of like a rental like like you know or a restaurant like a rent let's look at rentals mm-hmm. how much money is this gonna generate and then they'll take the like the ratios from that mm-hmm. to kind of like offset everything okay. is it are they gonna make enough income from this to be able to pay the monthly the mortgage Okay. As opposed to like, hey, can Alex pay this monthly mortgage mm. with her X amount of income? Yeah. Okay. And then do you need more of a down payment up front? Yes. Okay. That's really well said. Yeah. yeah. I, it is like higher risk okay. from, the, from the lender's perspective. Mm. So you're kind of looking more at like a 35% down. Mm. Like sometimes it can be, you know, 25, but I would say like on average, 35. Look at, you're looking kind of like at a, a 35 percent down payment wow okay and, and to like 
the rates are going to be, again, like if it's a riskier investment mm-hmm. for lenders, mm. you know, whether that's like true or not, like that's that's kind of their take on it. Mm-hmm. They're going to, you know, set the price. Okay. No, it makes sense. And yeah, I like commercial because I do like five units or more from investors. I've heard it's less riskier because if one tenant moves out, you know, yeah, at least you absolutely. have that security. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. But but it still makes sense to have a higher down payment for that for sure. I guess because it's more expensive. So it's more yeah. scary for them. I don't know. Yeah. Like it is like I oftentimes as like even a mortgage agent, sometimes I'm like, why? Like, <laughs> just I'm like, this, this <laughs> seems like such a the way to go. But, you know, that is their, their taste for risk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you kind of are a little bit at their mercy. Totally. Yeah. Okay. And I guess segueing to you a little bit more, I just want to know what your future goals are. Um, so, my, you know what? I would love to have more property. Mm. I was actually listening to your podcast. So like <laughs> I did love like the Airbnb idea and I'm like, oh, maybe not. And now kind of these, these multiplexes are sounding more appealing. Mm. Um, you know, I don't have like a team working with me yet mm-hmm. it's something that's something i'd like to have mm-hmm. um i'd like to change kind of like my mindset around real estate as well and it's mm-hmm. hard when you kind of didn't grow up in like the real estate world and it's like you're not really educated on it totally so love to get more educated and just keep learning mm-hmm. find a team and then kind of you know take it from there like the sky's the limit nice so right now you're like a single uh agent yeah um no so, i have a i have a brokerage so okay. like i have an actually amazing brokerage, okay. mortgage coach, <laughs> yeah. um, an amazing team of mortgage agents, mm. but in terms of like finding like a realtor partner and like okay. investing partners and. Okay. Yeah, well, we'll talk after this. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Perfect. And future goals. I know uh, you want more property. Do you have like a specific property you want to invest in or a specific market? Um, I do love the idea of having like a cottage property. Okay. Well, yeah. I know those can be a bit like sometimes difficult depending on if they're four season, two season. Mm-hmm. Um, because I want somewhere to go and, totally. you know, it's somewhere for people to enjoy going to as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would love to have another property in Toronto. <laughs> a lot easier said than done. But, you know, <laughs> that's the dream. So, yeah. you know, okay, it can come true. Perfect. Oh, no, for sure. Yeah. It will come true. Um, and also, what would you recommend to like a new mortgage agent? Um, so, like, it's very easy, very easy to become a mortgage agent. And, like, I'm still learning to this day, like, you have to continue your education. I do believe finding like a good brokerage is really important mm-hmm. and like people that support you. Um, like I have so much help, even like on all my files, like I'm always, you know, double checking, making sure everything's like done properly. Mm-hmm. So definitely like for a new mortgage agent, like just keep learning, keep reading. Um, there's tons of podcasts available, mm-hmm. like so <laughs> many that you can just listen to. Um with that and mm-hmm. keep going it's it, you know it's a bit difficult at the beginning to get started mm-hmm. but it, it does come yes yeah it's like a snowball i feel so it does yeah. it does come for sure um amazing okay we're already nearing the end of the podcast so i guess let them know where they can find you on social media and i'll take it down below as well okay uh morganti underscore mortgages is my instagram handle and morganti mortgages.ca is my website yeah <laughs> okay are you on facebook too I, yeah, kind of. Okay. <laughs> Veronica Morganti. <laughs> okay. I'll take it down below. But thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Alex. Thanks.